welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Morning. If you're new with us and you're wondering who all these people at the front are, um, you may have guessed that earlier, um, due to his attire, that was Rod, our vicar. And you may have guessed from my attire that I'm not a vicar. Uh, I'm Phil. I'm a member of our church, the church I've been around in West Cheltenham for at least 30 years. And every now and then uh, they let me up here. So that's why I'm here today. Uh, And in churches all around this country, if not the whole world, people are today listening to that account in John's Gospel that Liz read to us about Jesus turning water into wine. And the church selects readings for each Sunday in the year. And John chapter 2 verses 1 to 11 is today's. And it works on a three-year cycle, that selection of passages. But this passage pops up every January. So the church must think that it's important. But to be honest, it's a story and event I've struggled a bit with for various reasons. I'm not sure I've really ever quite got my head around it. And let me just share with you some of the issues I had bouncing around in my head when I looked at this. Firstly, it all seems a bit trivial. Yeah, healing people, that's the stuff of miracles. It's helpful and important. But rescuing a bridegroom who hasn't ordered enough wine, is that really what miracles are for? And then there's the role of Mary, Jesus' mother. A bit domineering. She forces her son's hand to act at a time when he doesn't really want to. Don't know if anyone's familiar with the Channel 4 sitcom Friday Night Dinner. If you are, then um, you might see a bit of Jackie, the mother in that, in Mary. And Jackie always managed to get her two adult sons to do all sorts of things they didn't want to do. And then there's Jesus' reaction to Mary. He calls her woman. Well, if you're my age, you might remember that back in 1980, 1981, John Lennon got away with calling Yoko Ono woman in that song that was released just after his death. But men, if you address your mother, your wife, your daughter as woman, if you get home and open the door and say, hello, woman, you're not going to be Mr. Popular. And then Jesus seems to have a go at Mary. Why do you involve me, is how it was translated here. But one translation I found has Jesus saying, don't push me. It's a bit Rambo-like, isn't it? I'm not sure about that. And then, continuing my list of issues, 
what's wrong with water anyway? Why do you have to turn it into wine? Two chapters later in John's Gospel, we find a thirsty Jesus wanting a drink of water from a Samaritan woman. He doesn't ask for a glass of wine. And then there's the wine. Well, we all know the dangers of alcohol to our health. We know about the terrible damage it can cause to families and relationships. Many people avoid it altogether. Crikey, that's a good start. But fortunately, these issues can be addressed. So the provision of wine to the bridegroom in Cana may not have been significant in the grand scheme of things, but the bridegroom would have been very grateful. He was responsible for the wedding feast, which lasted several days and involved the whole village. And running out of wine was a shameful social disaster and disgrace. So Jesus acted in a way which showed sympathy and understanding for ordinary people. And he was generous, because by my reckoning, the amount of wine water that was in those stars, in those jars, would have made at least 725 of our bottles of wine, which would be more than that wedding would need, and maybe gave the bridegroom a bit of future income generation. Such is Jesus' generosity. And it turns out that woman isn't the discourtesy we might think. Think to when Jesus died on the cross and he addressed his mother again as woman when he committed her to the care of his disciple John. And apparently the word is hard to translate into English. But it was, I can assure you, a title of respect. And Jesus' words to his mother may have been firm, but I'm sure they were spoken gently, and if so, they were fine. But it does seem that Mary forced Jesus into going public sooner than he had intended. And that was the risk of what we call incarnation. The risk of the incarnation of God taking on human flesh and being born into a sinful world in which people have free choice and often get things wrong. It's a messy old business incarnation. There was no change to the overall plan, but details had to be adjusted as he went along. And it's a risk that we take as a church as well and as individuals as we follow Jesus' example of incarnation and seek to immerse ourselves in the communities where we live, work, and serve. The overall aim of sharing Jesus doesn't change. But the detailed plans we may have made may not last long when we come up against other people. It would be so much easier to remain in our ivory tower, just as it would have been so much easier for Jesus to have stayed in heaven. But if he had, 
things would have been very different and for the worse. So back to my list of issues. There is, of course, nothing wrong with water. It's essential to life. And this town was founded on water, wasn't it? It's just that in the context of a wedding feast, only wine would do. For a Jewish feast, wine was essential. One of the poems in the Old Testament, known as Psalms, says that God makes wine that gladdens human hearts. And the Old Testament prophet Isaiah wrote about God's kingdom in these words, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. And I think that's true today. For a feast, we don't necessarily want that at a feast, do we? Mineral water. Rod pointed out to me it's from Buxton, and he's from Buxton, but even so, Rod, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, what does it say on this? I'm, my glasses aren't very good, but it tells us that uh, it's rising from the Peak District and mineralized on its journey up through a mile of British rock. I don't know, it's not really what we want at a celebration, is it? This is the sort of thing that even today we're, we're going to go to first at the celebration. And this particular bottle, oh, it's, it's far too small, I can't read it. But don't worry, because we, we, like to, we like to know what wines to get. Water, I mean, you can get a variety of waters and the mineral content will vary a little. Uh, not, still not very interesting, is it? And in the case of spa water, it's, here it's undrinkable, isn't, isn't it? Um, but wine is really interesting. Um, it's so interesting that the Times, every Saturday, its wine correspondent, Jane McWitty, will recommend wines that are for sale uh, locally. And uh, my late father uh, swore by Jane McQuitty. He'd cut, it, he'd cut this out, the article out, and if, if she ever recommended something in Tesco, he'd be down in Tesco with a picture of the bottle trying to match it up. So here we are. This is, this is yesterday's Times. So if you want to go to Mo Morrison's, Crikey, 4.99. Okay, uh, so here we have at Morrison's uh, a, a wine which is described as lip-smacking, sweetly fruited, alcoholic Ribena with a dab of oak. Rod doesn't like the look of that. How about this then? How about going to Sainsbury's? We've got here a bottle for eight pounds, um, and it says jaded palates will love this unusual, exotic, citrus and honeysuckled, stashed. Uh, dry Jurançon. Or you can go to Waitrose. Crikey, ridiculously good value, it says. You don't really normally connect those words with Waitrose, do you? Ridiculously good value, spritzy, floral, lime juice licked off dry Riesling. Wow, what a variety. Now, I, 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 some of that's lost on me, but I do recognize that wine can taste really good and different wines are really interesting to, to taste um, unlike the mineral water so wine we still 
uh, have wine fundamentally at the, at the heart of our, our celebrations, as did the Jews. Uh, and yet, we do recognize those of us who follow Jesus are called to exercise self-control and not to use our freedom in a way which harms other people. And that does mean that it's right for some not to drink wine or alcohol at all, and others, frankly, don't like the taste. But one day, there will be a great heavenly wedding feast for God's people. And I reckon that the wine that will be offer, on offer then will have all the positive qualities of our wine now, but none of the negatives. So there are all sorts of issues why you're not sure about this, this event. This, but the main reason why events like this can be difficult to get our heads around is that two things are going on in John's Gospel. There's the surface story and there's a deeper meaning. And the surface story is fairly easy to understand and to retell, isn't it? The surface story is Jesus went to a wedding, they ran out of wine, Mary pointed this out to Jesus, Jesus got the servants to fill large jars with water, which he turned into a lot of wine. And the master of the banquet was impressed and surprised by its high quality. And we can see from that surface story all sorts of things. We can see that we can take ordinary needs to Jesus. We can see the need to obey Jesus like the servants did when they filled the water, even though they didn't really know what they were doing. We can see that Jesus can achieve extraordinary results from the ordinary things of life. And we can see that Jesus changes things which are bad into things which are superbly good. And we can see that he does so with great generosity and lavishness. At first and foremost, the surface story is that Jesus turned water into wine. He took one liquid and changed its chemical composition so that it became an entirely different liquid. That is amazing. And Jesus deserves praise and wonder just for that. There's a song by Chris Tomlin which includes these words, Water you turned into wine. There's no one like you. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. And that surface story alone is enough for a talk. But John's Gospel also has a wealth of deeper meanings under the surface. Jesus' disciples often fail to understand those deeper meanings, and they'd ask him to explain what he just said or done. We read quite often in the Gospels, they're saying, what on earth was that about Jesus? But there's no explanation from Jesus after he turns water into wine, but there is a comment from John himself in verse 11. John writes that 
this was the first of the signs through which Jesus revealed his glory. It's a sign, and a sign points beyond itself to something greater. It helps us to see beyond the miracle itself, impressive and amazing though it is, to a deeper significance, to a deeper inner meaning. So where do we look for the sign? Where do we look for the significance? It seems to be in the six stone water jars, which John, in a fairly short account, describes in some detail. If they weren't significant, John surely wouldn't have focused on them in the way he does. First of all, he says there are six. Well, that passes passes us by, but for Jews, seven was a perfect number. So they're thinking six, okay, six isn't perfect. There's something wrong here. There's something not quite right with these water jars. And John explains that the purpose of these jars was to provide water for purifying ceremonies. People then and now are separated from God by our sins by the wrong things we do, say, and think. And the Jews had ceremonies and rituals for purifying themselves, for seeking to put things right with God. And one of these was the washing of hands, before meals and even between courses. And if the procedure wasn't followed, the hands were considered unclean and you weren't right with God. And the problems with all this hand-washing were, firstly, there was no way of becoming permanently clean, of remaining acceptable to God. You had to wash over and over and over again. And secondly, whilst you could clean yourself externally, you could deal with your hands, there was no way of changing on the inside, which is where the problem is. It's what's on the inside that separates us from God. So that was the water which Jesus changed into wine, the water of ceremony and ritual, which didn't really do anything. Jesus, by his grace, would make permanent cleansing possible by dying on the cross as a one perfect sacrifice which did not have to be repeated. And shortly before he died, remember how he told his disciples to remember that death by breaking bread and sharing wine, the very liquid which he created in this miracle. And change on the inside, whilst impossible with the water of the old rituals, would be possible because Jesus would send the Holy Spirit to enable and empower that change. Followers of Jesus have received the Holy Spirit. We're still nowhere near perfect, but we are changing bit by bit. Thanks to the Holy Spirit in us. 
And this wine, this wine of Jesus, is available to everyone. And unlike the physical wine, it does everybody good. There are no negatives. So John doesn't want us to see just that Jesus once turned water into wine. He also wants us to see that whenever Jesus comes into a person's life, there is a new quality, which is like turning water into wine. On the one hand, we have the bland, dull, and uninteresting water of ritual and ceremony, which offer no certainty of putting things right with God and do nothing to change us on the inside. And on the other hand, we have Jesus's rich, vivid and exciting wine of grace and transformation. Some of us may be taking that wine for granted and we may need to savor and appreciate it again. Others may not have tasted that wine at all, or if we have, not for a long time. And so, as I end and as we sing again, let's drink that new wine of Jesus' grace and change and say goodbye to the water of ritual and ceremony that does nothing. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.